This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I'm interviewing a fellow 6'2 sacral generator. She is a human design coach, and and her name is Renee. So her and I connected because there's a 6'2 wisdom keepers community on Facebook, and one day I decided to make a post and ask if anyone else had 366 as her conscious sun and earth and she answered and she said that she had it as her unconscious sun and earth so then we started chatting in the dms on instagram and i invited her to come on the channel because i wanted to compare and contrast the difference of the conscious side versus unconscious side and then we'll talk a little bit about incarnation crosses and how she applies human design to yoga and how she does her coaching from that framework so there's lots of really amazing topics that we're going to dive into today so Renee, welcome to the channel. So excited to have you here. And I would love if you could just share a little bit more about yourself and what you do. And then we're just going to dive into our conversation. Sure, Kayla. And thank you so much for inviting me. It's um, an absolute joy to be here. And I just love your energy. I already have been listening to your podcast. I really enjoy it. So thank you for providing that. Um, A little bit of background on me. Okay, I've been a 6'2". We have sort of like a very... I want to put it a big life. <laughs> so before I found human design, I was actually working on motor yachts. So I was traveling around the world, serving the rich and famous. And so I did that for about nine years of my life. I totally burnt out. I was at the stage where I was seeing the, the basically the divide between poverty and the and what everybody else was dealing with these billionaires in the world and it was starting to really really affect me I knew I needed to get out of the industry and sort of like find a different more holistic life and so I just decided that's it I'm gonna leave I'm getting off I'm getting off the boat I'm leaving my family I'm leaving my boyfriend I'm leaving my financial stability and I'm leaving my home basically so I left and I wanted to find myself again so that brought me on a sort of like a eat pray love journey I ended up in Bali of course (laughs) and I basically found myself in Bali so I started to understand I I studied yoga I studied hypnotherapy I studied breath work all of these different things that brought me home to myself and through that journey I was brought human design so how it actually came into me was a, a really weird way which is how they say human design is supposed to find you. So I was told to go and get a healing by these two sisters that do healings together over in Bali. So I went over there to actually do that. And anyway, they sat me down. They had just discovered human design, the two of them. And they're like, oh, my God, what's your, what, what's your details? I want to look up your chart. And so they looked up my chart. And then that's when I discovered that I was a 6'2". And then suddenly everything started to make sense. My life, what I was attracting, who I was, all of these different experiences that I had that only explained it in this map. So after that, I became absolutely obsessed. And then I started to study. 
like a like a six two does <laughs> and I also have a um, defined mind and crown so I take a soak in information I need to understand it and so I can then deliver it to others so I can share you know that's this teacher aspect of me that wanted to come out so yeah that's basically how human design came into my awareness and it's stuck with me ever since I've been a, a student and I coach and I teach human design and I just absolutely love it it's been a game changer I love hearing this story so much and so how many years ago did you get into human design eight years yeah that's amazing I love that you've been studying this work for eight years and I really feel like so I initially discovered human design back in the summer of 2019 and then I sort of left it and then I really started to revisit it in 2020 and then I went deep in 2021 so like I'm newer to the world of human design so I'm really curious because I feel like I've watched it blow up in the last two years but I'm really curious what your experience has been to see it in the last eight years like how it's shown up and how it's you know shifted and evolved in the coaching industry because you started this work like so long ago yeah yeah so it it is something that you actually do I've taken breaks from human design to tell you the, to tell you the truth in between that time because what I was doing is the exact opposite of what you're not supposed to do and I was taking it all in through the mind now Ra originally said this is a very yin system very yin system and what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to take the experience in through our body through strategy and authority but what we're actually doing is we're making we're taking it in and we're trying to understand it from the mind this is where people get lost and this is what I was doing because I was digesting all this information not going with my design not going with how I digest information either and it was actually affecting me I was getting stuck I was getting lost I was getting overwhelmed I was like oh god this is this is too much <laughs> and so I took a break and then you know what actually brought it all back and brought me completely in alignment was actually breath work as soon as I started to bring in breath and design at the same time, suddenly I started understanding the teachings. I understanding what embodiment was. I understand, I understood how we work through our body and understand the teachings in that way. If that makes sense. Yeah, I okay, this is what you just said was so good because my experience of human design so I also love to dabble in the gene keys like there's just these two things are like two living breathing creatures together and they really complement each other I always found that human design ironically was more of a masculine energy because it was like the system right but the way that you just said it how people consume into their their mind and it goes right into the head nausea the crowned mind and we're trying to figure it out like and I see this people who just discover human design they're still operating in the old paradigm of needing to figure things out have answers like it's such a it's such a head center thing right and so and so it, to it totally makes sense we get all this information and we're trying to decipher it and we're so busy being literally and figuratively up in our head that we miss the part where our strategy and authority is very intuitive. That's exactly. the feminine part. That's, that's where you play. This is where you feel in your body, how you respond to your environment, how you're going to initiate, how you're going to 
you know, wait for the invitation, wait a lunar cycle. Like that is a very feminine energy. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just the way that you said that totally hit me differently because that's why I started bringing in the gene keys because I was like, this is so feminine. This is like, I'm very like right quad in my chart. And so it's like, oh, let's contemplate the gene keys. And then you can use your strategy and authority with the gene keys, which again, is that more feminine essence. So I think it's so cool the way that you said that. And I'm just like a little bit mind blown right now. (laughs) Thank you. But I had to go through that experience. And that is the feminine way, just what you described. We have to actually embody, we have to go through the experience. It's all right to say that, you know, like for both of us, we have the sixth line, the six, um, sorry, the sixth line, but we also have the sixth gate. Yeah. Right. And you break down that sixth gate and you're like, oh, wow, that's this conflict there. What does that mean? You know, that's an aura breaker as well. It's supposed to like help people with fertility issues. Like that's that's another gift of the sixth gate. But we don't actually understand that until you actually allow that conflict with the gene keys to go deep into your body to see where that is in your body. Where do you feel it? Where are you attached to it? What is the mind creating with its images and ideas about what conflict is? Because while we're attached to it, this is where we need to go into the body, the unconscious part, because this is the part that is going to free us. This is our feminine nature. This is the stuff that we can't see. So we have to go into the darkness to get back into the light. Yeah. And that's literally, that is literally how you get the gift from the shadow. You know what I mean? Like that is, that is the essence of the gene keys of like the gift is in the shadow. I think it's funny. You just, you talked about how breath work really had you come back into embodying human design and the gates and all the energy frequencies and whatnot. And I find I, I meditate daily. And what I've noticed is I've really started to, go into my body and meditation and I notice that I, I get a lot of anxiety will live like in my chest in my mm-hmm. in my stomach and chest area and I started to like lean into that and I think I just realized as I'm vocalizing this that I was unconsciously intentionally playing with that six line energy of like what am I in conflict with like what do I what what is there for me to you know to kind of decipher and like work through and that is literally the gift because it's me facing that conflict in the sixth line or the sixth gene key and looking at, okay, how can I be you know, diplomatic about this and move up into a state of peace rather than feeling like I'm being torn apart or that I'm literally conflicting and you know cramming multiple things together that are not meant to be together. So it's like yes. the contemplation is the feminine energy that is actually pulled apart the conflict, right? So that's exactly. like a very, that's like me taking a magnifying glass and like specifically how you take the masculine and feminine energy to like break apart, you know, the shadows and find the gift. Exactly, exactly. And on the other side of that is peace. It's the same thing. You know, where there's conflict, there's peace. And so you have to find the middle ground. And yeah. so accept that both of them exist. Yeah, And so that's why I love the gene keys and I do use it in all of my um, teachings and coaching and whatever I'm dealing with. It's sort of, it's, yeah, I loved what you said before, how they, they go with each other. They're not separate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not separate. They completely complement each other. And I've tried doing the gene keys without human design as well. And although I love Richard Rudd and his teachings and they're absolutely amazing and they bring you straight back into the heart, 
by actually being trained in human design first, I do find that human design is that little bit that is the sugar on top. You know, it's the it's the thing that you need with human with um, the gene keys because it adds. There's other keys in there that you wouldn't have realized are attached to, to the other one unless you knew the channels, unless you knew more about human design. So I do think that they both work to completely complement the other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. actually somebody asked me a question in my stories. They were asking me how, you know, do you ever like are there coaches or people who just talk about human design and gene keys? Like, do you have to do both? And I think it was like, literally so organic for me at least that I didn't start learning about the gene key so I started studying human design in March of 2021 and then in August 2021 that's when I got into the gene keys so I've only been into the gene keys like eight months if that not even six months and I was like it was so organic like I literally couldn't help myself and I did pull out of the human design mentality and I started becoming very contemplative without this like oh, I need to like wait to respond. And then I need to like ask my sacral. Like it was just being with whatever the gene key it is that I was contemplating, right? And like meditating on it, walking with it outside. Like it was just very interesting. And now I feel like I'm getting more of a, a balance. So it's really an art. Like contemplating is. is art, you know? It is. And I think he calls it that. Like that's what Richard Rudd calls it. Is yeah. the art of contemplation. Yeah. You know, because it is as you said, an art. It's a living, walking, living meditation, a way to embrace yourself fully. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So let's dive into this. We talked a little bit about the sixth gate and you're experiencing that on the unconscious side of your chart. And I'm experiencing this on the conscious side. So I really noticed for myself, and I've shared this a lot with my audience, like 36 is my conscious sign, conscious earth is six. They're, they're programming partners. And what that means is that those energies and the shadows, the gifts and the frequencies are going to be the energies that I really experience the most, like these recurring patterns and how I show up in the world. So that's like a very conscious experience. I can quite literally see and experience turbulence, conflict, humanity, diplomacy, peace and compassion. Like I feel like this is the vortex of my world. And it's also in these gates or in the emotional solar plexus as well, which for me is undefined. So it's like even more amplified, right? So I'm really curious to hear what your experience has been having it on the unconscious side and having it as your unconscious sun and earth. Would love if you can share share that with our audience. It is exactly as you just said, completely unconscious. (laughs) So I was so unaware. This is the victim part of me right? This is the part that cannot see what is going on. So like I had a a, a train of sort of like relationships that weren't working really all through my 20s and there would be conflict in every single one of them, you know, and I couldn't understand. It was almost like I was projecting the whole time as though it was them. It was them. It was them. And it wasn't until I was with my um, boyfriend on it on the yacht, we were living together. And you know what? That's uh, like living in tight quarters, like you're practically married. And so we were together on that yacht for about three years. But there was this moment and it hit me so fast. I was on the yacht and we were in the middle of some another conflict. And I remember sitting there going, oh, my God, it's me. <laughs> There's one thing that's common and it's not them. It's not the guys. It's me, right? And so it was, that was the part that I woke up 
And that was like the catalyst for me before I even found the Gene Keys or human design. That was a catalyst for me actually starting to take responsibility and for me actually going, oh, wow, I've got to do some changes. It's me. I've got to go and find myself. There's something that's, I don't want to use the word broken, but that's the way that my mind was, was thinking at that time. It was sort of like, oh, wow, why? Why am I choosing conflict? Why am I attracting conflict? Why am I attracting um, men that are critical? Why is this happening to me all the time? You know, so there's the victim's still out there asking this question, why? But there's also this empowerment to change it, to realise that, you know, I have control now, like this is it. I'm not going to be victim to it anymore. So that is really what the unconscious side does. It sort of like hides in the background where you can't see it playing out unless you actually pause and actually start to take responsibility for it, to really looking at what's showing up in your life, the patterns that are showing up in your life, what's not working, and then going, I need to change. Right, because and also the the thing, the programming partner, which you know very well, is a 36. And you can imagine, like when you look at it, you're like, oh wow, turbulence mixed with conflict. You can imagine what my emotions were doing in the middle of that conflict and what the other person's were emotions were doing with me. Like it was sometimes like, wow, you wouldn't what not want to be in the room, right? Yeah. Oh, it, I, is, it is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I can totally relate to that. I love, I love what you're sharing. How this was so like unconscious. This is such a great example for people. Like, you wonder what does it mean? Your unconscious side of your chart is that you know you're going to have these things happen, and you're not going to notice them as much. Like for me, like I can definitely notice conflict and turbulence, like probably before anyone else in a relationship. I'm like, it is there. Like, I see it. <laughs> we need to deal with this. Like, it's, I can see it, you know, very clearly. And that's, that's the difference is that it just takes a little longer to connect with that energy. And it's the same with any of the other gates in the unconscious side is that they're still there to teach us. We're still there to experience them. Like you said, all of a sudden you, you were consciously aware of it and then you were able to like shift and pivot, right? So yeah. I find this interesting because if we look at this from a Gene Keys lens, that means that you had 36 as your radiance, right? Yeah. Which is all about like, you know, what you need to be radiant in terms of like your physical well-being, your mental well-being, emotional, and so on. And so I'm really curious if you kind of, you started to tap into this when you had that conscious realization of your, your unconscious son, what, what's, what's been your experience really contemplating that as your radiance, right? And having that, having that be there. Okay, so it goes straight to the city, like in, in the gene keys, which is compassion, right? Because if you actually look at the, the, the all of the activation sequence in the gene keys, which yeah. is our incarnation cross in human design, right? There's a whole play that's, that, that is a, a script that is written for you, right? And each one plays into the other. You know, on the other side, I've got the 26 gene key, right? which is, it's been one of the hardest ones to have that as my evolution, right? Because it's actually, um, it's underlying factor is lack. It thinks in lack, right? It thinks, and where, where are we in the world right now? So many people are thinking in lack, 
right? So for me to really go deep into that, to understand that, to really claim that as my own and like nurse it as a little baby back to health, right? (laughs) That's been definitely a thing for me. So on the other side of that, the radiance though, is compassion. So I have to bring that in whenever, whatever's going on, whatever's happening with me, whoever's showing up in my life to teach me, having that frequency of compassion for every single experience that I have, that's what keeps me radiant. Like owning everything and claiming it all as mine and saying this is mine and I love it and I accept it and this is who I am, right? That's compassion. And it shows up all the time now. Like that's why, like my face has changed. I, I'm glowing now. My body glows now. Like things are shifting in a different way because I've claimed that thing that all of us need. We all need compassion. Yeah. We all need to see that the other person that's inside of us is just the same thing. They have the same wounds. They have the same, you know, hurts and pains and things that they need to heal. And like when they attack you, they do whatever it might be. They need to you to sprinkle it with compassion, you know? Yes. Then that is- frees you as well. That frees you of it. Because when we take it on that they did this to me, that we're a victim. We're in lack, right? And then so therefore we can't see the other side of it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it's so interesting because then you've got the sixth as your purpose. And that's leading up into peace and also, you know, being diplomatic. And I just love this because it's like this. I can see how the way you're talking about your radiance and your purpose, obviously, is how I experience my life's work and my evolution. But yes. it's so it's I, don't, I just find it so interesting because I'm like, oh, my God, I can relate. But we have it in a, in a different ex, like we're experiencing the same energy, but in a different way in our life. Yes. It's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really it really is beautiful. And this is what I've I learned through all human design. It's like this opportunity. It's an opportunity to really claim more of ourselves. Yeah. Because we all, we're all of them. We have access to all of them, right? And you would know because you, um, the 36 is a collective circuit as well, right? And so you would know with that, what I've experienced having that is that I start to feel whatever turbulence is going to happen in the world before everybody else does. Yeah. So I get hit. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm a mess about two weeks before everybody else is. And I go through it and I allow it to move through my body and take me down. Right. And I claim it and I own it. And then I'm able to guide others through the same experience because I just lived it myself. Yeah. And, yep. and the only way I can look at it, that is the way that the streams work in human design. The circuits, that's a collective circuit. So that's exactly the way it needs to work. I feel the turbulence before it happens. Yeah, that is so relatable. And and sometimes I can feel it even if I'm not in it. Like, for example, I'm on the West Coast of Canada. I'm in North Vancouver. And in 2020, when they had the election in the US, like we don't have a TV. I don't watch the news. Like literally what I consume is like what kind of pops up on Instagram. Like I don't dive into these things. But during that time, you know, I wasn't paying attention. I was like, 
what the fuck is going on? Like, I felt so like drained and anxious and exhausted. And at that time, the pandemic had kind of eased off a bit. So we weren't wearing masks, like things were a lot more normal. And I was like, what is it? And then I started looking and I was like, oh my God, the US election is going on and the US is like literally on fire right now. Like there's so much energy going on. And so I could really feel that collectively, like that completely makes sense. And I think that that is like so powerful to realize, you know, when you pay attention to what you have undefined or defined in your chart. And then you look at like how you pick that up depending on the circuitry, right? I actually haven't talked much about circuitry. I would love if you could like take a moment and just talk a little bit about that because you started to talk about that was collective energy. We have individual and then we have tribal as well. And I think source. Yeah. So I would love if you could share a little bit about circuitry if you're, if you're interested in doing that. Well, you could just, what I basically said, like you've got these collective circuits that you can tell that this is more for healing and got moving energy through for the collective. Then you've also got the tribal energy, right? Which is that this is very tribal. If you can think about it, that's tribal thinking. Yeah. This is getting rid of stuff that I believe anyway, this is my experience with the tribal circuits is that you are getting rid of stuff that doesn't necessarily work. It's, it, it's tribal based. It's stuff to keep the tribe together, that this is old consciousness. This is old ways of doing things that aren't always um, in alignment with what is good for the whole, right? It wants to keep the tribe together, which is great, but it's also causing separation Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, this tribe can do this and this, you know, like so. I, I the the tribal circuits. I sort of like. I have um, one tribal circuit. I've got the um, the intimacy channel, the the channel of mating, <laughs> to ensure that the human race <laughs> survives. <laughs> um, so you could you can break those channels down though. But no, I love, um, I love what you said about the 59. So that, co that connection, because I have the six consciously, you have the whole channel. I was actually contemplating the 59th gene key today. Intimacy, oh, right? That's a huge one, right? That's, oh. it, that's a huge one. And it's basically like, you've heard other teachers say about that, like into me, I see intimacy, you know, that's what it's all about. And you can see what is there. Like this is, he is actually talked about this like I think he's rewritten it or re-recorded it like three or four times this yeah. is the only one that he's done it for and in, in um the gene keys this is also my pearl oh really oh my god yeah. I love that yeah so it's all very much um part of who I am you know and it's um yeah unconscious and conscious you know, it's in my Jupiter as well. And if you know, Jupiter is all about expansion and really allowing ourselves to flourish as much as we possibly can, you know, expand as much as we possibly can. So, yeah, it's very much, you can see how my business is related very much to this 59 dinky, which is all to do with really getting as intimate with ourselves as possible. What I really uncovered through this 59 Jinky is, or gate, is that each of us have karma. Each of us have sacred, I'm calling them sacred wounds, yeah. right? And sacred wounds. And while we 
claim or don't claim it as ours, take responsibility for as ours, it never gets healed. So the collective, the tribe, the individuals never benefit from it because you're not claiming it. So who who else is? And this is what I look at every single one of these gates, what they are. This is your contracts, your karma, your agreement that you said, I'm going to take this and I'm going to own it and I'm going to clear it and I'm going to love it so that we stop operating in the shadow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, go on. No, no. I'm just, I'm like excited right now. (laughs) You're so excited. Yeah. And when we take ownership of that, we stop projecting. We stop projecting. It's we stop almost the karma. And because you and I are six lines, boy, do we have karma. We have a lot. Like anything that's left angle, we have karma a lot more, I believe, than others. (laughs) Anybody that's right angle, I've seen people go through the same things that I've done and they've cleared it straight away and then their life is perfect and I'm still going (laughs) going through all this stuff. I was like, when is it going to (laughs) end? Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I I believe I signed up for this. It's sort of like that's why I'm a six line. I signed up for it because I know that it's my sacred wound and I can clear it if I claim it, if I allow it to move through my body the way it is without attaching, without blaming, without claiming that I'm the victim. It's just got to move through our body. That's it. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so interesting. Like I'm listening to you and I can just hear how this, this 36 in your radiance of like what really has you radiant, like radiate is, is I can just see it, see it in your speaking, this claiming and this ownership, this, this humanity of like being human essentially is what it is like taking this ownership of like being human. And it's so interesting because the way that I see the 36 in my life's work where my, my conscious son and in the human design chart is that I really have this approach. The way I talk about business is like own all parts of you, like radical self-acceptance of your shadows to access your gifts, like, you know, your past and the trauma that you've experienced, like all of it, like that is such a language of compassion coming through and really helping people own that to like move forward in their business, like energetically be in line, be in integrity, right? So it's so cool how this is, and this is also 36 is also in my conscious Mercury, which is Mm. known for communication. So this is like a very potent tone of mine, but I'm listening to you and I'm like, (laughs) this is so cool. I can, I can hear the, the radiance of that gene key, the way that you talk about the 36. And I, I just find that so fascinating how it really does make a difference where mm. your needs and things are placed in the planets. Like it makes a huge difference of the, of the themes that you can have. Exactly. Exactly. And like how that 36 works. Like um, I had a partner once where we just had this massive like thing of turbulent emotions that come out. He has it. I have it right? I had the exact, he had 36, I had 36. And we got to see what happens when two of them come together in that, right? So he blew up, I blew up, (laughs) (laughs) right? And I do remember it so clearly. I went into the shower. I needed to, I needed the water to flow over me, right? And I sat in the shower and I just breathed into it and I felt it 
completely, right? I stayed with it. And it, like I must have been in there for 45 minutes. I was just breathing into it, claiming it, breathing into it, claiming it, breathing into it, claiming it, right? It, I didn't make it about him. It was just me. I just had to claim what I was feeling in that moment. That's it. Claim the turbulence. Go there. <laughs> and, it, yeah, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't. No. <laughs> it's no. attached to the emotions. It never does. But as I breathed into it, it eased and 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 it's get a lot heavy and less heavy and less heavy. And then that was it. And then I went and apologized and he apologized to me and it was done. Right? So I I, it never came back after that. It was just something that needed to be expressed that we were carrying in our humanity, <laughs> in our humanness that needed to be expressed so that we could clear it. And that's the thing that we all need to claim and understand. As we feel it, we need to claim it. Yes, I think so used to rejecting it. We're so used to just going, oh, I'll, I'll deal with it later. But that is the moment of our power. That's the moment that we can deal with it, you oh, know. Yeah. And I really, this is why hard is so important because it shows you what you're dealing with. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more? Like you, you talk about how you bring in you know, human design and gene keys into breath work and into yoga and that kind of thing. And I can hear in this example, like you go into the shower and you're literally breathing the energy of this gate that you're experiencing. Can you share a little bit more about how you bring human design and gene keys into the work that you do with like Reiki practices and hypnosis and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I believe that each one of these um, keys or gates is an archetype of ourselves, right? So, so I get you to come in and I get you to envision it. What does this person look like? Who is it, right? Doing all of that sort of stuff, getting you to go deep into really understanding it, giving it a character. And then I get you to breathe into it. Then I get you to feel it, right? Because it's sort of like we've got all of these different personalities living inside of us. It's, it's, it's a fact. It really is. It's the fact that we don't claim it. Once again, I keep on talking about claiming. Yeah. <laughs> it's what all my teaching is about. It's sort of like we've got to move. And this is what the 59th gene key is. On the other side of that is the victim, the 55 right? But that's all to do about with freedom. So that's why most of my teachings are trying to get people out of that cycle, trying to get people out of that mentality, because we're not. We're not. And why we can continue to be a victim, we keep on giving our power away to the person that is that we're blaming. Or the situation that we're blaming, we're constant, we, we are giving it away. Every single time we choose to make us a victim of our circumstance rather than turning it around and going, well, what can I do better? How can I be better? Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so good. I love what you just said about, you know, the, all the, all the gates, the ones that are defined in particular being little archetypes of ourselves. It's true because the way that, you know, a gate in my, let's say we both have, uh, well, we don't have both have 14. Which ones do we have the same, I guess, unconsciously? 
the thing is, what I noticed is that the way that you experience it in your chart and the way that I experience it in my chart, even though they're the same gate and they're in the same center and they're, you know, defined or not, it's going to be a different archetype for that person. So I love yes. that you really create the space of like taking that radical self-responsibility of how does this archetype show up in you? How are you going to yep. have, how are you going to be intimate with it? That is literally your pearl right there. How are you yeah. going to be intimate? And you know, what's funny. My pearl is gate 15, which is, you know, I know it's about like extremes and whatnot. And it's like, I have that there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I just love, it's also my purpose. So this is like a double whammy in my gene keys, but I just love that I can see, you know, your pearl, which is really like the final evolving and opening within the golden path of the gene keys is like, that's what it comes back to. Like, oh, once you claim this archetype, once you claim this shadow and claim this, you're going to be so intimate with yourself. You're going to be so intimate with others. Like it's literally the gift that you're giving the world is like the pearl sequence so that people know is really about being of service to the collective, right? Yeah. So this is like so naturally showing up in your work, how you're like, helping people claim this and just become more intimate like that is the service that you're literally bringing to the people which is so beautiful <laughs> thank you thank you yeah and that's why that's why I love it so much because you really through these two systems you can really understand who you are how you're wired how you show up to another what this does what these two systems does and with us especially having the gate of conflict right we help stop conflict yeah. what a beautiful gift <laughs> so while I was in the other side of it I had to understand how why conflict exists to understand where there is peace why is there conflict? Why do we, you know, and back then when I was completely unconscious, yeah, that was because I was completely unconscious. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was projecting good. all the time. <laughs> it's them. It's them. It's them. It's them. You know, never ever claiming my stuff. Yeah. And now that I don't, I don't have conflict now. I don't. It doesn't exist in my world because. If I, I have this gift now as if I feel conflict in the air, which you would know so well, right? If I feel conflict in the air, that's my invitation just to invite them to, to share what's happening for them. Yeah, you alchemize right? it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's my alchemize gift. Shadow. Yep. Yeah, that's my gift to sniff out the emotions before they're actually there, to use my my gifts and, and that channel as a way to bring people together, to bring them back to, you know, that's called the channel of mating, to bring them back to the place where they want to be <laughs> together intimately and sexually rather than being in conflict with each other, rather than not seeing that they're the right match for each other. Yeah. I really love that, you know, you, you did say, and I, I don't want people to think that, oh, once I like, claim it it'll never come back like conflict still shows up for me for yeah. you it's it's having the awareness and the ability and the willingness to alchemize that shadow into the gift and city and it's the willingness that allows people to dance with that energy rather than be stuck in it right exactly. and that's why I think one of the biggest things that human design and gene keys has taught me is that it's not about getting rid of the shadows and that, like, before I got into human design and gene keys, like, that's a lot of what the coaching that I was learning 
or this personal development is like, oh, you know, you're gonna get rid of the self-limiting beliefs and these negative emotions and you're gonna do this. And like, you're like, those, those emotions and those experiences are still part of you. So when we go to get rid of them, it's actually a form of self-rejection. But the way yes. the human design and gene keys works is that it's actually about being inclusive. And, yes. and this radical self-acceptance, again, coming back to the claiming and the compassion, this is like obviously a huge theme in our conversation. Yes. But I think that's like really important. Yeah, yeah. But that's exactly what we're here for. They're our gifts. So like not claiming that is also we're not claiming what we're really good at. And this yeah. is what people don't get. Like whatever is there, like yes, there's a shadow side of it. But this is what I love about the gene keys is that it shows there's a gift mm -hmm. there's the city there's the you know you have to understand that part to under you know to to get the highest version of who you are yeah totally I really yeah. want to ask you so my Ajna my mind center is completely open and you have five gates defined and you, you know, you've got your, your head defined as well. And so I would just love, like, I want to contemplate this because there's so much activation there. And I feel like when there's a lot of activation, like, especially when you're living in alignment, there's, there's so much to give because obviously the defined centers and gates and channels that we have is how we impact the world. So I would love to, to dive into that and just hear your experience because it is a pretty wide split in your chart. You know, you've got the head to defined and then sacral and emotional center defined. Everything else is undefined just so that I'm like vocalizing this for the listeners. And, and so I would just really love to hear your insight on that. <laughs> yes. So on top of that, I'm also a double Gemini. So you can imagine <laughs> what's happening in my head all the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm a like the best way to describe it, having that is I'm a powerhouse of information. I read two books a week. I digest information constantly. I love to learn. I live to learn. If you could sort of like say there's one thing, like if I'm on a beach with a book, that's my happy place, you know. So I've been studying personal development and like anything to do with healing or spirituality for you know 30 years you know <laughs> I think the first book I ever read or started to read again was Many Lives Many Masters you know which started me on with hypnotherapy but just the way that the channels work is just so interesting because this is an abstraction channel and it sort of like teaches you about going into the past to understand what is happening for you now and that of course I'm a hypnotherapist, right? Right? So to me, that makes complete sense why I would be attracted to that, why I would call that out. So design is always leading you to where you need to go. That's what I love about it. It's showing me the steps that I need to do. And so it actually shows me even the books that I need to read before I, I, I have a client, right? And something that I've taken in from that book, that was what that client needed to hear. <laughs> That's amazing. So I use it. I've watched what happens with this being defined and the way that I take in information and me being very active, but it is also um, I see a lot of mindset come, come up for me and helping others with changing their mindset, getting out of lack consciousness. My whole design is based around that. You know, I'm, I'm the 40, 45th um, key 
as well. That's my son. And so that's sort of like bringing all um, different resources together, understanding how we create from many different um, places. There's never, there's never ever, and I say this all the time, there is never a one size fits all. There is never ever just one system. It's where it's following where you need to go next because every step that I had to take you know, first I, I went and did my um, hypnotherapy, then yoga, then my Reiki, and then then breath work. And all of those steps was in complete alignment with where I needed to go. You know, and that was design. That was definitely design. But that also is my 45th key showing me all the different, um, yeah, I love this so much. One thing I really want to ask you, because I've noticed this with people is because you have like a wider split in your chart and you have so much activation in your head and Ajna, how, like, what do you do so that we can share this with the listeners to make sure that you tap into your, your authority, your emotions and your sacral to make your decisions? Because I feel, and I can see this, my boyfriend is a 6'3", splenic projector, he's got a wide split, head Ajna defined, root and spleen defined. And there's very often I can see, so because I have my G and my sacral defined, I complete the circuitry, but I can see how he will be in his head. And then I literally have to remind him to come into his spleen to make decisions. So I'm really curious if you can share, because I feel like just even conditioning, whether you have your head or Ajna defined or not, that is a there, you know, we're, we're programmed as humans to make logical decisions, to figure things out, mm-hmm. to get the answers, to have certainty, right? Which is like literally the themes of those two centers. So I would love to hear what you do to get connected with your authority and your emotions. That's been the biggest, honestly, that's my, been my biggest um, challenge, re- really, is getting out of the mind, like really getting out of the mind. and coming back into the body so it's sort of um for me it's very feelings based it's sort of like stopping where I am and then just coming and feeling into the body this is where breath work really helped me right because first I did yoga and I thought I understood the body I really did think I understood the body from from yoga but then breath work for me took me to the next level right? Because suddenly I really understood the body. Suddenly I understood all of those things that I, my mind was hiding in the body because I could energetically feel it. So now I know, okay, I have to, that, that's where I go. Stop, breathe, come back into the body. How am I feeling? That's it. The sort of like I'm, I'm, my cognition is also um, um, feeling. Yeah. Right. So I have to, I have to feel it on so many different levels. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so brilliant. And I was wondering when I was listening to you and I was like, I think she's a cognition of feelings and are you shores for your environment? Yeah. 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 I love, (laughs) see, I can't, I'm telling you like the listeners, when you continue to get deeper into human design and you listen to people talk you will just start to like hear and be like, oh, I know this, I know this. Like, you know, these things about this person and you like, cause I can't see it on the, the screen share that we have on right now. I don't see what your cognition is, right? Or your environment. And so it's like, for me to like have a hint, like, mm, I think she's sure. And I think she's got feeling cognition totally makes sense. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> totally, totally. Um, yeah, and it also, like, if you break that down as well, you mentioned about shores, right? What was I attracted to? Like, working on yachts for most of my life, like, for nine years, like, that's unbelievable that I would, you know, seek a job that allowed me to travel around the world, like, constantly on the water. Yeah. Like, that's human design. Working I, as magic. Totally. And I, it's funny because I think my, so your transverse environment is where you, like, don't thrive as much, right? And then your yeah. environment, okay, so mine is is kitchens. And so I think kitchens has to do with more kind of city life. And so it's interesting because I, when I found out, I'm learning a little bit more about environments. I'm still not big into it, but I'm also shores. And so in 2015, I moved to China for a year and I was teaching there. And I was, when I was living there, I did not thrive. Like it's like, we're talking like really close to Shanghai, like a lot of freaking people, like the complete bipolar opposite of like what the West coast of Canada is like. And then I moved to Toronto a year later and I'm living downtown Toronto and I'm working in a gym, I'm personal training. And I just, those years were really hard for me because it was, it was a very like kitchens environment. And I knew Mm. that I wanted to move back to BC. And so fast forward to 2019, we moved to North Vancouver and it's literally, it's funny because my boyfriend's environment is mountains. And so we're in BC, which is like, we literally are North Vancouver. The mountains are right behind us. The ocean is like in front of us. And, and so we're very close to the ocean. And I, you know, even where we live, like I can see the trees, I can kind of see the shores of the mountains and whatnot. And it's like, that makes sense. And then next month we're moving back to Victoria and the place that I manifested is an old building, but it's up on a hill and through all the windows, you can see, you can see how the earth, like the neighborhoods, the cities, everything is meeting the ocean and the mountains in the background. And I'm like, this is literally perfect. Shores environment, he's mountains. And it's like, it just, it just happens. Yeah. I I know. I know. And, and I think when you're in your, when you're in your environment that you're meant to be in, that is actually where you can manifest so much more clearly because you're in energetic alignment, you're in an environment where the energy that you're going to be picking up is like meant for you. Right. Oh, oh, hundred percent. And I actually felt that because I couldn't get back to Bali during the pandemic. I was over in um, South Africa at the time and they shut down Bali before I could get back. So I was literally forced to come back to Australia and so forever, I've been like trying to find my place. So I was like, where do I, where do I live now? Where do I go? And anyway, and I remember, and I have an open um, G as yeah. well. So being yeah. in the right place or in the right environment is really super important for me, especially. And anyway, and I remember driving, we were deciding to visit Byron Bay, me and a friend. And I drove into this place and I felt it. The heart lit up straight away. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh this, this feels like home. Oh, wow. This place. (laughs) And anyway, and that's, that's what happened. I ended up moving here and I've got this beautiful little cottage that's right near the beach. I walk on the beach every single day and I'm completely where I'm supposed to be. Things are just starting to manifest. Things are starting to happen. Like, you know, my business is really going well. So it's stuff like that. Like you need to be in the right place. Yeah. And as I make sure of that. And what I noticed is that really having that deep energetic knowledge of the heart lighting up to show me that that was right. 
Yeah. And not even, and you allowing yourself to feel it in your body and not go into your head of like, no, I'm supposed to be in Bali. Like, why am I feeling yes. this here? Like, I'm supposed to leave Australia. What am I doing here? You know, but instead exactly. you actually like literally trusted your gut and your emotions about it. Right. So like, this is literally exactly. how human design gives you the answers when you pay attention to your own body. It's all, it's all exactly, exactly. It's all in the body. And that's what Ra said. That's where strategy and authority is. He said, if the only thing that you take from this is strategy and authority, that's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> right. And everybody forgets about that. Yeah. I love that. That's literally a full circle to the beginning of the conversation of that contrast of the yin and yang and how, yes, the body graph and the structure of human design has this yang and this masculine energy approach because it is systematic, but it's through yep. the yin that we embody this work. And it cannot, it literally cannot just be processed by the mind and understood. And like, this is what this profile is. This is what this authority is. Like being a sacral being, one of the biggest things that I've been contemplating is responding to my environment because what I was doing last year, and this is why my business didn't thrive the way I wanted it to, is I was responding to the ideas in my head. I'd get these ideas and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so excited about this. And I would start taking action and then it wouldn't it wouldn't work how I wanted it to because I was not co-creating with the universe. You're meant to respond, yes. wait to respond because you're meant to co-create. So now there's exactly. been a couple of times I've had these ideas and I'm like, Kayla, where did that idea come from? Like, did it come from your environment? And I've been so anal now about waiting to respond and really understanding. And all of that has been in my body. It's, it hasn't been like in my head. So it takes time to embody this work, but I'm sure you can relate really to that. being a sacral really being. Does. Yeah. What was that? Sorry. Being a sacral being like having yes. sacral defined. Yeah. 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 Whereas me being emotional at first I thought, Oh God, that's a, such a curse, you know, because I've got my sacral response and then my emotions come in and hijack it, you know, but I'm so grateful for it now. Because I realize that, you know, being an emotional person, we have this excitement that comes in, which is what you described before, like this excitement, I want to do it, blah, blah, blah. But this has actually taught me to wait, like, wait, wait, see how you feel, see how you feel about it over a period of time. And if you're still excited about it, then it's time to, you know, respond. But if you don't, well, you know, most of the time I'm excited about, especially when it comes to courses, because I love to learn, yeah. I'll sign up for things and then never do it because right? <laughs> I'll sign up for it in the moment where it's really excited and then I won't do that course. So I've learned now to sort of like just wait yeah, and then tune into it and then see how I feel after. Totally. Because what I started doing was I started asking myself, like, Kayla, what are you saying yes to? Are you saying yes to the idea of this course that you're signing up for? Are you saying yes to the fact that it's going to take 12 weeks? Do you have the capacity for that? Are you saying yes to committing to a weekly call? Like there's so many, like I, that's one thing I've really done that helped me a lot as a sacred being is like breaking mm. down the things that I'm saying yes to, because sometimes we say yes, but it's just, it's such a like lit up experience that you don't realize that you didn't mean to say yes to the whole thing it was actually one part of it. And then it's not actually a yes, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I love that you're really breaking it down because that's what it all is about. Like I helped my um, friend write a letter the other day with her sacral. I love that. 
<laughs> you know, and she it was like a really um, sensitive letter. And I was like, ask your sacral, check in with your sacral, write it all down, ask your sacral. As soon as you feel it drop, there's something that you need to change and then keep on doing that. Like that's how beautiful this tool is that we yeah. all have inside of us and we bypass it. We, we don't pay enough attention to it. We yeah. think we get human design, but unless you're actually working with your authority and strategy, we're not getting it. Yeah. This morning, it's, this isn't even a sacral thing, just so that the listeners know. This morning, I did a podcast interview, and at the end, we were chatting a bit once the recording was complete, and she was asking me a question. She's like, what do you think about this? And we started talking about this, like whether or not she was going to do it this day or the next day. And I was like, because she has a split, right? Her head and nausea are defined. She's got a throat defined, but there's a split there and it's connected to her spleen. And I was like, well, what does your spleen say? And she's like, oh my God. Because she she saw it in that moment. As soon as I said it, she was in her head. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ajna, and then, and then just needed that like connection and to like vocalize what she wanted to do. And I was like, go into your spleen. Is this healthy for me? Is this good for me? Is this essential? Like, what is my intuition saying? So that's what you do is when you when you presented with an opportunity to make a decision, no matter what your authority is, go into that and like notice if you're in your head trying to figure things out. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And this is why it's just such a transformative tool. Yeah. Like so it's good. always there leading us. It's always been there. Like as soon as I like listening to the um, the sacral sounds like with clients and then hear that sound and then they're like, oh, I've been doing that my whole life. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, you have been doing it. Like making those mm, or whatever. I, I listen. I listen for it. And it's just unbelievable when they even understand that that has been with them since birth. They've been doing it forever, that they just didn't understand what it was. Yeah. My, a friend of mine, she has a smell cognition. And she was telling me, she's like, Kayla, when I found out I had a smell cognition, I realized that when I'm processing things, I literally sit up taller and I like breathe. Like I like inhale to, to like figure things out and process. And she's like, I'm literally sniffing the air. And then she said that her, I think one of her kids also has smell cognition and I was like, that is so funny. And you and I, we have feelings cognition. So I'm like, I will just kind of get quiet and be like, what am I feeling? You know, I don't have a defined emotional center, right? So I'm like, what am I yeah. feeling? And I have to like go into my own body and contemplate. So it's, you're and right. But, it's that but it also works though with the way that we're taking in information. Like, so I, I hated maths at school because I had this really boring maths teacher, right? He didn't put any feeling into his lessons right? I then had a different teacher. He was, you know, he was full of energy. He made it fun. He brought feeling into the experience. I remembered everything then. So right? that, that's the difference with it. It's sort of like yeah. we have a, we have a learning style. And I do also have a friend that has smell cognition as well. And he smells everything. I was like, oh God, <laughs> what is with this person and then I broke it down brought every chart and then I'm like oh okay I got it that's <laughs> hilarious oh I love this yeah <laughs> so it makes a lot of sense and I see it all the time I see design constantly working like in eight years that's one thing I can say I can try I've tried and tested it I've left it and I've come back to it that's how much I believe in it 
That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So I always ask this to the people that I interview. I would love before we wrap things up, if you can just intuitively share a piece of wisdom with our listeners today. Oh, a piece of wisdom. Whatever comes to you. I, I think I think that we've um covered it throughout the whole thing is it's just come back into the body. Don't forget about the body. The body is our feminine nature. The body is the thing that holds all of our wisdom. It's the thing that holds all of our memories. And while we don't go into it, we miss the opportunity to transform it, transcend it. So that is my advice for everybody. Claim it. Claim it as yours. We all have sacred wounds and we are all being given this opportunity to go there and claim it as ours. So do your part for society. Claim it. Own it. And that's it. (laughs) I love it. No, it's perfect. And that was such a powerful message that you really brought today is like the power of claiming and embodying and just going with it you know so and that's just you literally alchemizing that sixth line and I get it like alchemizing the conflict and coming up into a peace of mind with who you are and where you're at and what you're here to do so that's so great can you share with our listeners where they can connect with you on social media and then I'll also have all of that in the show notes as well yeah sure so it's um I have a website it's renee catherine um dot com so r-e-n-e-e-k-a-t-h-r-y-n.com and then that's the same for my instagram as well yeah that's awesome thank you so much for coming on today and i just want the listeners to know like renee and i we chatted a little bit in the dm but like we hadn't actually had a conversation until right now <laughs> no so exactly exactly it was it was so it was so it was like so pleasant i just absolutely loved it so i'm really excited to get this out into the world so thank you thank you so much for coming on today and just graciously sharing your wisdom and just really i really felt your heart open up and your passion for this and just it was really cool to hear your story and just emphasize the feminine side of embodiment when it comes to human design so i really just want to thank you for that oh thank you and thank you so much for inviting me and holding such a beautiful space so yeah that's also part of how my heart can open so much and share from this space as well so thank you oh you're so welcome (laughs) and i want to thank our listeners today for tuning in please ensure that you give renee a follow and of course like the episode share it tag us so that we can be excited with you get our little sacros lit up (laughs) and of course (laughs) make sure that you subscribe to the channel as well and i'll chat with you in the next episode